Hi guys, welcome back to Divorce What I Wish My Parents Knew. Today I am virtually seated with Allison. She is coming to us live from Texas and she said it's like downpouring there. Is it still downpouring? Not currently, but it's supposed to get really bad tonight. Ugh, that's so frustrating. Like hail bad or just like a lot of rain bad? I think just a lot of rain because last night it was really bad and they said tonight's supposed to be worse than last night. Oh. Yikes, that's not good. Yeah. Um, rip. Well, right now it's storming where I'm at too, so I just want to give a preface to the audience. If you hear any dogs barking, that is just the fear of my dogs with the thunderstorm. So I'm sorry about that. Um, but Allison reached out to me via Instagram because she found that I was looking for children of divorce uh, who want to speak on their story and I'm so excited to hear from her today and so Allison there's no easy way to jump into this give us your divorce stats how old were you when this all went down how are your parents now the whole shebang so when my mom so my mom and dad were never married they split when we were really young my mom got married well before my dad did um so we lived with her and my stepdad. They divorced right before I went to high school, my freshman year. My mom is on her fourth marriage. My dad um, is currently remarried and it's so far his only marriage and they've been together for ooh, probably like 13, 14 years. Wow. Okay, cool. And do you still talk to both parents? So I talked to my dad a lot more than I talked to my mom. Um, we still talk, just um, growing up, my mom wasn't really emotionally available. So it just we just never really had a connection. So as I got older, it just it never formed into anything more. That's tough. So, so you were really in high school when the impact of divorce occurred right because it was normal for you to did you have like joint custody growing up with your birth dad yes so he lived in oregon my mom lived in california so we would go back and forth we'd usually see my dad like every other holiday and then we'd see him for two weeks in the summer but throughout the school year we were with my mom and my stepdad okay okay so do you feel like that impacted you with seeing your bio dad only a few times a year? Or was that just so normal for you that it wasn't really, you know, a thing to be worried about? Um, I, I would say in the beginning it was normal um, because it happened ever since I could remember. But when my stepdad left, that's when it took a really big toll. And when my mom and my stepdad split, I actually went to Oregon to live with my dad because I was really close to my stepdad. We were like best friends. And um, he just, we were so close. We did everything together. He was kind of more emotionally there for us than my mom was. So when he left, I was kind of like, I need a dad. <laughs> like I need to go back to my dad. I need someone because my mom just wasn't emotionally there. And I couldn't stand the thought of not having that father figure. So I told my mom, I was like, I want to go, I need to go live with my dad. So my freshman year of high school, I was actually in Oregon with my dad. I love that you're sharing that because I wrote in my book, there's a whole chapter about um, like favoritism 
And this isn't like quite favoritism, but it does uh, lend to the idea of children need their parents, need certain parents at certain times of their life. So like, I know there was a time in my life where I really needed my mom. And then there was a time in my life where like, I really needed my dad. And I want parents to not feel jealous or um, angry that their child may lean on, you know, dad more than mom or mom more than dad in certain seasons of life. Because when you're developing and certain things are going on, like, there's times where you just really need your dad or you just really need your mom. And so I love that you had the emotional awareness at, what, 16 to really speak up for yourself and say, like, no, I need to be with my dad. Yeah, and it it was... It was a little difficult, you know, um, going back to the divorce. I actually recently had a conversation with my stepdad um, because we're still friends on Facebook. And after the initial divorce, they spent, I forget how many years apart, but then they tried again um, right before I went to the military. And so that was, I was probably about 20 years old when they were trying um, again, but they had so much um unresolved issues between each other from the marriage that that I don't think even lasted a year before they ended up splitting again and he is also remarried to someone else but we stay in contact like we're friends on Facebook and there's no you know bad blood between us or anything but I had to have a conversation recently with him because it was really kind of weighing me down in the sense that I really felt some kind of way when he left um, because I, f- I feel like kind of the issue sometimes is parents don't really know kind of what to tell their kids um, or they have this view of like kids shouldn't be in the middle of our relationship. Like they shouldn't know what's going on behind the scenes. And personally, I feel like kids should know enough to where they don't start blaming themselves when the divorce happens because hey queen keep going but we didn't get any of that um and and i get that that's hard because when you're going through a divorce yourself you have all your own emotions you have all your own stuff going on that it's difficult to be able to to help your kid with their emotions but had we have maybe known a little bit of what was going on between them we wouldn't have had to come up with reasons as to why they broke up. And so my stepdad, it was literally on Christmas. And he walked downstairs, down the stairs with a box and just walked out the door. And my mom came down the stairs, bawling her eyes out. She could not speak. She was hyperventilating, like she was losing it. And we're all kind of sitting there like, oh what is happening <laughs> like what like me left she's crying we knew something was wrong but we were just kind of like what are we supposed to do like our mom's losing it right now and we're just kind of like yeah and you're just kids like you, it's weird seeing your parents in that situation you don't know what to do yes and so he left and from what i remember that's it that's all i remember and when i left to go to oregon to see my dad my stepdad texted me and said, how come you didn't tell me you were leaving? I would have said goodbye. And in my head, I was like, wait a second. You just walked out on us and you didn't say a single thing to us. 
But now that I'm reaching to go with, to be with my dad, that I'm now losing out on because you left Literally. Now you want to say goodbye? Like, you know, I thought it was messed up, but I didn't say anything then. So I've been kind of carrying that for all these years. And I had a conversation with him recently. And I was like, I just, because I was working on doing like some forgiveness stuff from people in my past. And that was one that just kept coming up. And so I messaged him and I was like, look, I, you know, kind of sorry for holding on to this for so long, but I really felt some kind of way when you just left because we were like literally like the best of friends we did everything together and for him to just leave it 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 really just it made us start blaming ourselves because here's my mom with four kids here's my stepdad with one kid and the one his son lived with his mother so I was like here's this kind of man who's coming in with kind of no kids to really take care of is now with a woman with four kids i was like maybe we were too much for him maybe it was like us you know like one could have been differently kind of thing and we didn't find out until years later what the reason was and it's like if we would have known that back then maybe we wouldn't have had all of this kind of trauma or this emotional kind of damage as we got older thinking it was our fault yeah because even like they didn't need to be super tmi with it but they at least could have said hey guys you know mom and dad we have issues between us which is why we're splitting apart they don't even need to say whose fault it is or any of that they could just say it's issues between us we have to split but this has nothing to do with you guys. We love you so much, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that there was just so much emotion between the two of them and nothing was communicated with you four kids. I mean, how traumatizing. Like, were you... So I knew you were a freshman in high school when that happened. Where were the other siblings? Are you the youngest? Are you the oldest? Middle? Oh, I'm kind of in the middle. I have an older sister. Um, she's about three years older than me. So at that point, she was actually, I want to say, living with my grandma and grandpa. She had her own troubles, got in with the wrong kids and decided to leave. Um, my younger sister, she's a year and a half younger than me. And then my little brother is about four years younger than me. Okay. So even then, the kids are all over the age of 10 and they easily could have handled the conversation with being just clear and saying like, this is not y'all's fault. I cannot believe you guys didn't get that. That's crazy. Yeah, but I, I think sometimes what kind of makes these situations worse too is if in a sense someone is to blame and then one parent starts really bashing the other parent to the kid. That is is not not something that's that's good because one not only does it kind of make us as kids look at our stepdad differently. But then it also makes us look at our mom differently of, hang on, this was none of our business before. So why are you now all of a sudden bashing him with everything you got to kind of make us feel like you did nothing wrong? You know, because you're, you're over here just like berating him. Like it was really bad after the fact. Um, so that was kind of difficult to see because I felt like my mom kind of wanted us to really be on her side. But, but that's hard when your stepdad was such a good friend to you and someone that you loved and trusted and someone that honestly raised you. 
And now all of a sudden you're supposed to be like, yeah, he's the worst. Yeah, we don't like him. And like, how confusing. Yeah. And, and I think the hard part is, you know, di- there's different perspectives. Like, you could talk to my little sister and ask her these same questions and she's going to give you different answers. And and same with my older sister. So having the perspective that I have and then listening to my mom say all these things, I was kind of like, you know, I don't really believe you. <laughs> like part of me was like, are you just saying this or is this what really happened? Is this really how bad it was? Is she really that bad of a person? Because that's not the experience that I had from him. You know, and I, I just was kind of trying in a sense to protect that kind of view that I had of him while she was trying to destroy it. Ugh. And that's hard because then there's this inner work of like, do I trust my mom who's raised me? Do I trust myself? And like what I've experienced is my experience wrong can both be true. And it's hard when you're when you're not even 25, they had a fully developed brain and you are trying to like figure all of this out. And so I'm curious, Allison, like you seem like a healthy individual, especially now that you're talking about doing forgiveness work and all this awesome stuff. Like how have you healed post the divorce and what does that look like for you? And, um, yeah, like how how have you even been able to have a relationship with your stepdad and mom? Because I feel like you both have you always been good with your bio dad. Yeah, yeah, always. We've we, you know none of us have any ever had any issues there. I I think what helps a lot is just the fact that I'm a person that I'm able to see and understand so many different perspectives, and I'm very impartial. Like, I'm never a person that's like, you were right, she was wrong, or he was wrong and she was right. Like, I'm very kind of 50-50, like you both messed up, you both did good, but you both did bad, you know? So I'm, it, it was very easy for me to kind of keep that level there and not pick and choose sides. And I feel like that's really what kind of helped me um healed from that is just realizing that everybody played a part even if my mom sits there and says I did nothing wrong nobody ever does nothing wrong like we all we play a part in it you know whether it's good or bad we we all play a part I I love that you could see that yeah and I I think communication is gonna be number one um the second part which we did touch on too is not bashing the other parent to the kid it's not fair to the kids it's not fair to the other parent and it starts pinning kids um against parents and kids against each other if you have more than one kid and one kid is more for mom and one kid is more for dad not only does that cause problems between the parents but then it causes problems between the children to the parents and the children to the other children so those two are just going to be, I think, the biggest ones. And then letting your kids and showing your kids that you still care for them and love them, but beyond just the words. Because kids are going to see the actions more than they're going to remember the words. So if you get a divorce and you tell your kids, like, I love you, but then 
you don't show up to birthdays or you don't show up to baseball games and you don't do these things, that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember you telling them, oh, I love you and I'll always be here for you. They're going to remember, oh, I looked out into the stands and my mom wasn't there or my dad wasn't there. So I, uh, I talk about that in my book as well when it's like, the different have you ever heard of the um five love languages uh-huh. uh there's like physical touch words of affirmation the whole shebang my um, yeah for a lot of a lot of young kids quality time is it and quality time does not mean your besties with your kid you're always going to everything like it it just means like just show up and i love what you said the image of like looking out in the crowd and noticing that they're not there like that is one of the most Oh, like painful things uh, for a kid to go through when, especially when they promised that they would be there. I that is the worst when mom or dad says, yeah, "I love you so much, I'll be there. Don't worry." And then you know you look out and they're not there. And I understand life happens, you know, and work things you know pop up, and going to your kid's baseball game isn't always the biggest priority. But it adds up if that continues to be a pattern, you know. And so. I love, love, love that practical advice that you just mentioned. Um, did you have another thing you want to say? Yeah, the only other thing I was going to say after is just that um, when it comes to, you know, actually splitting up and after the splitting up, if if the parents are not able to co-parent um, successfully, that is something that they've, they've got to work on. Like, so if if there's people that are listening that are not quite at the divorce phase, like you haven't physically split up just yet, some that the co-parenting needs to be addressed and it needs to be taken care of between both the parents and the kids. And then again, going back towards the whole not bashing the other parent, because I, I don't care how much you dislike your soon-to-be ex-husband or dislike your soon-to-be ex-wife, those kids should not suffer because of the terrible relationship that the parents have. They should be able to come together to do the things that they need to do for the kids and set aside whatever crap they have between the two of them. Yeah, we would hope that mature adults would do that. Sometimes <laughs> it's, you know, it's what it is. But, but if, if the other parent is not willing to co-parent, you know, then again, have that conversation with the kids. But when you have that conversation, don't bash the other parent. Like if co-parenting is just something they don't want to do, or maybe they do want to give up their rights to the child because some people do that, the child still needs to understand like, hey, it's not because your mom or dad doesn't love you. Like it's like, that's not, you know, maybe this just wasn't something they wanted to have and they had it and now they don't want to be a part of it like that happens and that's really sad but the kids still shouldn't feel like it's their fault that they just walked out yes yeah it's it's so sad when i hear kids thinking that literally their parents split was their fault i'm like ah what was communicated there to make your child think that uh, uh, I'm serious, Allison, with the dynamic of your stepdad. So with my family, I have half siblings, older half siblings, and I'm really fortunate that they, so my mom, my bio mom was technically their stepmom for 12 years, men no longer because, you know, my mom and my dad got divorced. 
and they still invite her to things and really include her in their lives. And so I thought about that recently, like, wow, what is it like for someone who has such a strong relationship? Like you, you were kind of raised by your stepdad. And then for after the divorce, like legally, you guys aren't technically related. And so it's like, well, then can I still hang out with them? Like they're my dad. They raised me like I don't know. That's so confusing. And so how did that feel for you? And what does that look like now? Um, so he he lives in California. Um, so I don't really get to, you know, like see him and stuff. But every time we go to California to visit family, I do reach out to him. And usually he's always like, yeah, let's go get dinner. And that was one of the things I had addressed to him in that conversation, because there have been probably about two or three times that we've gone to California and we've set up like, yeah, we're going to sit down for dinner and he wants to meet my husband and all that. But then when it actually comes the day to have dinner, he doesn't text me back. He doesn't answer my call. And so I, I thought that maybe part of him was afraid that since we never had that conversation about the divorce and about my mom, that maybe he was afraid that I was going to bring it up at dinner around his new soon to be wife you know so I was like in my head I was like one I would never do that that's something I would not bring that up in front of your soon to be like no we would have a private conversation between me and you so I just kind of felt like did I do something wrong like why do you not what are you afraid to kind of face me after all these years because uh, recently after the divorce, like soon after the divorce, I still saw him like at church. I still saw him when, when I lived in California, I still saw him here and there because we lived in the same city, you know? So I saw him and we'd say hi and all that. Um, and in the beginning it was a little awkward, you know, because it's like, hello, hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's all like, but now I think that we're all kind of grown adults and were able to have these conversations i know that if i did ever need anything i could call him you know if i did want to have a deeper conversation about this like i could so there's no you know like i said there's no bad blood there or anything and then you know yeah my dad is is remarried so they've got their own thing over there because they live in oregon um but yeah it just <laughs> It's not, you know, a, a bad um, relationship and I feel invited if, you know, he does want to go to dinner or do anything like I know, you know, it would be all right. That's good. I'm glad that you guys have kind of figured out your own rhythm of what it looks like to be in a relationship with each other post all of that drama because there really is no script for children and step-parents when there's a divorce because it's like well I'm your stepdad or well I'm your stepmom like can I still be in your life can I not and what a weird like tango you have to do with that so I just applaud you for for doing that and I have a question because you're married now what was it like getting into your own relationship and did you have a lot I, I interview a lot of children of divorce who have a lot of like fear or just kind of weird like um not weird I shouldn't say weird like I don't know how to put it just dating is is 
difficult because you're like, oh crap, I have a lot of issues from my parents' divorce. <laughs> so in my current marriage, no. The previous relationships, before I did all my inner work, <laughs> yes, the previous relationships were really difficult and I didn't really kind of think about it that way until I started doing the inner work because a lot of the times when you're in that kind of situation and relationship, you see the surface level stuff and you really have to sit there and dig to get to the deeper reasoning as to why you're doing stuff. So in my first two relationships, I was very clingy. I was a very obsessive. I was very like desperate to be in a relationship. And I know now that that comes from both my mom and my dad, because my mom has expressed to us her biggest fear and her biggest concern is being alone. She is afraid of dying and not having had someone to share her life with. So that, though, ends up turning into it coming from a place of I need somebody versus I want somebody. And that just is not such a good energy. Um, and so I started kind of doing the same thing. And then that kind of turned into a lot of lying and manipulating and cheating from the other person. And... Then I kind of got into this cycle of both of those men back to back did the same thing. And so I had to do a lot of that um, inner work. So that way I would stop being so obsessed and stop getting so clingy and stop worrying so much about the relationships I was getting into. So I looked at my mom's pattern and I was like, okay, right now, I'm kind of doing the same thing my mom was doing. And she has had unsuccessful relationship after unsuccessful relationship. Like she's on her fourth one and they're not doing so well. So I was like, okay, I don't want that to happen. Something has to change. I can't, I can't have it come from a place of I need someone else in order to fill what it is that I'm missing. I know that only I can fill those things. And that way, then when I found somebody else, now it's a bonus. Like they add to the experience instead of taking away from the experience. And so when I met my husband, other than a small issue we had in the beginning, everything has been like easy breezy. Like, and I feel like I hate when people say relationships are so hard. It's so much work. And I'm like, no, it's it, it shouldn't be, you know, it's. A lot of work and it's hard when you're two people that come together that want two different things or two people that don't know how to communicate or two people that are just doing their own thing instead of doing something together. So it's once we got together, we've just had such a great, you know, we've been married for over six years and it's just been wonderful. Like we've only maybe had one major kind of issue between us and it just was it was a dog but you know so that I I I saw that pattern early on and I knew I needed to make that change early on so as much as I hated going through that I'm glad I went through it at like you know ages 18 to like 23 
versus my mom who's 54 and still going through that because she has a yes in her work yeah. so yes yes and learned quite a bit from that yeah oh i think that you guys if you're a parent if you are a parent right now listening and you have a child of divorce you should have your child listen to this episode because allison gives such wisdom about i mean only if they're mature enough if they're like in high school and older don't give it to your eight-year-old but um like i just think that's so so good of how you decided wait a second i'm kind of mimicking my parents behavior and i need to really stop here and look at myself in the mirror for a second and be like wait what work do i need to do before i start to introduce a new person and have them try and fix me like I need to fix myself and I need to meet with myself and make th- make sure things are straight with me before I start inviting someone else to be a partner in my life. Like, I, I agree with you. I, I love what you said about your mom. Like, she's older and she's still figuring that out. There are so many people in this world that are running amok and that are 50 and older and are still figuring out that another person cannot complete their life. Like... That person can add things to your life, but you're, that person is not going to complete your life. Um, and so, man, I just think that that's so, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Allison, I'm going to start wrapping this up. But before I do, is there any other tidbit or thing you want to share with parents or um, children that you just want them to know? I would just say that your kids are more understanding and smarter than you think they are. A lot of times some parents don't think that the kid is going to understand um, or that they're they're going to really get what's going on. But they they will with time. They may not in that specific moment, but as time goes and as you keep reassuring and if they ask you questions about what happened, have that conversation with them. Don't hide it from them because you're too emotional to deal with it. Like deal with the emotion and then have that communication with the child. Like we discussed in the very beginning, you don't have to go into extreme detail, but again, just reassuring that it's not their fault. Ugh. Allison, what a wonderful episode. You pretty much covered all the big basics that I preach on this podcast. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for being so vulnerable with your story and allowing the world to benefit from the things that you have gone through because it's not easy to go through all of that. And I just applaud you for having a healthy marriage now and um, yeah, just living a healthy life and even like still as an adult figuring out like man is there still some bitterness that i'm harboring and i need to forgive my stepfather like years later i mean that's pretty amazing and most people would just kind of move on and be like ah whatever and kind of numb but you're not numbing at all and you're really trying to face things head on and so i applaud you for the the work that you've put in thank you thank you and thank you for having me i really appreciate it absolutely well guys you know the drill if you liked this podcast please give it a review you can leave it five stars or you can write a review also don't forget to subscribe or follow so that way you're notified about our next episode 
Um, if you want to know more about Allison, I will tag her in my post of this episode so you can and you can directly message her if you have any questions or if you want to um, compliment her for something that she said that you think you that you liked. Um, but thank you, Allison, so much for your time once again. And yeah, we just really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.